Good morning. It's very good to see you all this morning. Notice that we have several in attendance that's from our prayer list. It's wonderful that you're here this morning and it's good to see you. If you're visiting with us, we're especially thankful that you're here. We hope that you'll come back and join us and stick around afterwards. Let us uh, meet you for a few minutes. We would appreciate that. We started a series studying women of the Bible that uh, Brother Tim kicked off last week. Um, after this week, we will have six more weeks as we continue to study influential women of the Bible, and we definitely invite you back for this entire series. Today's study is on Priscilla. Priscilla's referenced in few scriptures, just a handful, that we'll cover this morning. Well, one thing that's very interesting is that she's never mentioned by herself, always in connection with her husband, Aquila. So it's never just Priscilla, and it's never just Aquila, but it's always Priscilla and Aquila. And that connection of a husband and wife will definitely be something that we talk more about this morning. And I think that's a huge testimony for this godly marriage and, and specifically for Priscilla. Throughout the Bible, we have a significant number of scriptures that reference men and uh, both their positive and their negative aspects of their leadership. And while we often focus sermons on various men, the scriptures are full of references of daughters and wives and mothers and grandmothers and all of their various impacts on, on their family and on a congregation of people. Many men throughout the Bible, they're referenced as having an influential mother or grandmother, one that taught them about Jesus, very important in their lives. But what's so interesting about Priscilla was her connection with her husband, Aquila. This isn't anything new, but I do believe that this positive influence, it might be overlooked a little sometimes. The Bible records important husband and wife combinations. Abraham and Sarah, Adam and Eve, and of course Joseph and Mary, and there's many more. But no marriage was quite like that of Priscilla and Aquila. And we're going to look at that this morning. And it's because they had such a huge impact on the Apostle Paul during his ministry. And that's something that we really need to take away from today's study, the strength and impact of a godly marriage. We are stronger together. And Ecclesiastes reminds us of that in chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Two are better than one. Did you hear that? Two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Two is better than one. Because it's not just Lori, but it's Sean and Lori. It's not just Amanda. It's not just Zoe. It's Zoe and Amanda. It's not just Philip. It's not just Andrea. It's Philip and Andrea. For two is stronger than one. We are stronger together. We have a greater impact as two rather than one. And when you talk about Brad, I hope it's difficult for you not to talk about Katrina. And that's what we're going to see today. Our study is going to focus on Priscilla, 
but you'll see plenty of references to her husband. They worked together. They served the Lord together. They were always referenced together. I'd like to do two things this morning. First, we'll discuss Priscilla and the documented scriptures where uh, she is specifically mentioned. And then we'll discuss the impact that Priscilla had and some very important characteristics that we can learn and apply to today. We're first introduced to Priscilla in Acts 18. So we'll start in Acts 18. Let's start reading at the beginning of the chapter. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth, and he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently came from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome, and he came to them. So our first introduction to Priscilla occurs in Corinth when Paul is ministering there. The scripture tells us that during this ministry, the Apostle Paul, he meets Priscilla and her husband, Aquila. So just that we don't get confused, there is another reference to Priscilla in the scripture, but by a different spelling. Uh, it's, I only found that one reference, and it's in 2 Timothy 4 and 19. We read, greet Prisca and Aquila in the household of Onesphorus. So we'll see, we see the spelling one time differently. I, I definitely wanted to mention that up, as you might see that in your own studies. But for today's references, we will continue to call her Priscilla. So Paul meets Priscilla in Corinth, and this was right after Aquila and Priscilla had departed Rome. And this departure, as indicated by Acts 18 and 2, it indicates that it was a rather hostile departure. They were commanded to leave Rome. Claudius was a Roman emperor who began his reign in 41 AD. He was poisoned and he died in 54 AD. Claudius was the emperor, as stated in Acts 18, that commanded that all Jews depart Rome. Now, through my research, reading some historical letters and other historical documents, um, it appears that this commandment to kick the Jews out of Rome was possibly a mistake. Uh, it's suspected that Claudius had, had mistaken an individual named Cretus as Christ and believed that various excitements and uproars were, were a cause of, of this man Cretus, but he believed that it was because of Christianity, and so um, all the Jews were kicked out. So if that is indeed true, this problem um, that he was trying to fix ended up being a huge blessing to the New Testament church and the early church and a, and a wonderful testament that we have of information that we have on Priscilla and Aquila. So when Paul meets Priscilla, they have an instant connection as they're both tent makers. 18, Acts 18 and 3 reads, So because he was of the same trade, so that's referring to Paul, so because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for by occupation they were tent makers. Um, some research mentions uh, leather, um, involving leather, but either way, what we have documented for us here is that they made tents. Made, made tents, so they were all tent makers. And I think that this instant connection was the spark of what was going that we're going to learn was ended up being a great uh, relationship and a very deep relationship. Something that that we, when we meet people, sometimes we have that instant connection, and you kind of know when that happens. This past Sunday, Jared Nall, he was walking towards me. I was in the back, and it was after church. He was walking towards me. I was talking to someone about fishing, 
Uh, I like to talk about fishing a little bit. So I was talking about fishing, and he kind of walked up, and he said, hey, what are you talking about there? <laughs> and so that simple connection, it just started right then. We, we sat there for 20 minutes, and we talked about bass fishing and crappie fishing and fish fries and trolling motors and pontoon boats, and people were shutting down the lights, and we finally had to leave. And that happens, right? We have a connection with people. And so I think that was the beginning of this friendship with Paul and Priscilla. And as they, they move further through Acts 18, we learn that Paul was continuing his ministry and that Priscilla and Aquila, they were with him and they traveled with him. Definitely close in nature. Acts 18 and 18 reads, So Paul still remained a good while. Then he took leave of the brethren and sailed for Syria. And Priscilla and Aquila were with him. So they traveled with him. Now, I know many of you travel from time to time. You travel for business. Uh, you, you travel with your spouses to get out of town. You travel on vacations. You travel together, uh, maybe just across the Metroplex as you share a ride or you go to your favorite restaurant. And a lot of those times you go with friends and family. A lot of times that's who you're traveling with, friends and family. You aren't going to go up and ask a stranger, hey, I'm going to Houston. Do you want to go with me? You may not even ask your neighbor who you live next to to travel with you. And so traveling is one of those things that we do with someone that's close, a relatively close friend. So when I read scriptures like this in Acts 18 and 18, I see a friendship that has grown and grown quite substantially. I see like-minded Christians who desire to minister together and travel together. And what are they doing? They're spreading the gospel. And we all know that when we travel together, when we vacation together, when we go on road trips, what do we do? We talk a lot. We talk and eat, right? We talk a lot. We discuss things. We get to know each other deeper and our friendships grow and they deepen as we spend more time with each other. So we can only imagine the type of discussions and stories that Paul and Priscilla were able to share together during their travels. We have a lot of, we have a lot of scriptures discussing the Apostle Paul. We know the kind of man he was and we know what he stood for. He's known as the most influential apostle as we have multiple letters that he wrote that are documented for us throughout the, the Bible. The letters that he wrote to churches giving advice and giving praise and giving instruction. And verse 18 tells us that he, he traveled with Priscilla. So she would have been there. Maybe during a lot of the times where these letters were being written. Maybe she had an influence on them. I think that's very possible. That alone speaks very highly of the kind of person Priscilla was. It speaks to her love for Jesus Christ and her commitment to the Lord for her to travel with the apostle as he traveled across the countryside. And this really speaks to the trust. This really speaks to the trust that Paul had in Priscilla for him to go with her and rely on her. We know that Paul was persecuted during his travels. Here, so we're talking about Acts 18 here. Here in, in three chapters in Acts 21, there's, Paul was heavily persecuted as he's entering uh, during his visit to Jerusalem. Issues like that, during the times of persecution, uh, they weren't new to Paul. And 
And we know that persecution or the fear of persecution had to be something you know, he was very aware of. But that wasn't going to stop him from ministering and spreading the gospel. But we have to think that he was aware of those surroundings, that those things could occur. And I think that it speaks volumes to the closeness that he had with Priscilla, allowing her to go with him and to join him and to travel with him because he trusted her. As Acts 18 continues, Priscilla and Aquila, they're in Ephesus, and they meet a, name, they, they meet a man named Apollos. And it says that he was an eloquent man and mighty in scriptures. So note that, mighty in scriptures. Apollos, he spoke well, he could speak well, and, and he was loud, and I assume that he was very convincing of the scriptures, saying that he was very knowledgeable of Jesus Christ. But he only knew the baptism of John. So verse 20, 26 reads, So he, so speaking about Apollos, so he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, and when Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. To approach someone and correct them on their belief and their teachings takes a lot of confidence. It takes a lot of confidence and knowledge of what you're talking about. Priscilla, she was confident, she was knowledgeable in Jesus' teaching, and to, to approach Apollos and correct him on the difference of the, the baptism of John, the baptism of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Priscilla was introduced to us in several passages throughout Acts 18, but the scriptures, they go silent for a while about her. But just because there's not a lot of discussion and explanation in the scriptures, doesn't mean that we don't get a clear picture of the activities that she was involved with. And we're going to look some more at that, and we're going to see that she was very busy. She was very active in the church. Priscilla and Aquila, they remained very active in their support of the early church. In Romans 16, Paul is going, uh, he's going through a series of greetings. He's greeting these, these Christians to the church. And in Romans 16 and 3, Paul says, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all, also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. If you recall that Acts 18 informs us that Priscilla, where was she from? She was from Rome. She was from Rome and she was expelled. She was demanded that she leave. She was kicked out. And then we learn here in Romans 16 that she's returned to Rome with Paul during these travels. I find that courageous. You get kicked out of somewhere and you're like, I'm going to go back. <laughs> Take some guts, doesn't it? To return to a place that you've been expelled from. Paul, he also notes in the scriptures that Priscilla and Aquila, they risk their necks for my life. I really wish we knew more about this story. Uh, we don't have any further details on it, but it's interesting that Paul uses the word necks instead of just saying they risk their lives. That, that's pretty general. But when he says they risk their necks, so if, if he's being literal here, maybe they had a knife to their neck, to their throat. I think that's very possible. Either way, we know that it's some sort of bravery and it had an impact on Paul as he mentioned it during his introduction in Rome. And finally, we have one last verse 
where Priscilla is mentioned in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 16 and 19, which says, The churches of Asia greet you, Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord with the church that is in their house. All the brethren greet you, greet one another with a holy kiss. And that was the last scripture that we have on Priscilla. Six scriptures in all that we have uh, that mention Priscilla and her work and, and the development of the early church. And in the few short scriptures, we see that she had, she had a huge impact on the Apostle Paul. During his travels and his ministry and various uh, early Christians uh, regarding their growth and their learning uh, through both her missionary work with her and her husband. There are several aspects of these scriptures that show just how big of an impact that Priscilla had. And we'll review these points as Priscilla embraced her calling. She embraced the role of hospitality and she embraced a godly marriage. And all of these things are very important. And I want to look at them this morning. There are specific elements of Priscilla that's documented for us in the New Testament and it demonstrates how she embraced her calling as a follower, as a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Philippians 3 and 2 it reads, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So I think it's clear from her travels that Priscilla recognized that her citizenship was in heaven, and she had a goal. In the scriptures documenting Priscilla's involvement with the early church, we learn that she was from Rome. Through Acts 18 to Romans 16, we know that at a very minimum, she lived in Rome and Corinth and Ephesus. It's very possible that she traveled and spent more time in surrounding cities, maybe even significant time in other missionary cities. She was dedicated. So what's that tell us? She traveled from city to city. She traveled with the Apostle Paul. She was involved with missionary. She was dedicated to the growth of the early Christian church. But no matter where she lived, she was a Christian first. And this is a huge lesson for us because as we move, and we do, in the next 10 years, in the next 10 years some of you are going to move, maybe to other parts of the country. You'll no longer be in this great state of Texas. And it's crucial that we keep our spiritual bearings. We're members of the body of Christ and citizens of his kingdom first. And Priscilla recognized that. Priscilla understood what it meant to be of that higher calling. She knew that she had been called to be different, and she embraced that calling. Starting in Mark 8 and 34, it reads, When he had called the people to himself... With his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Priscilla, she could have denied Christ and stayed in her home country. How easy would that have been? Uh, not me. Uh, I don't know who he is. I'm going to stay here. But she didn't do that. 
When she was ordered to leave, she left and she began a new life with new acquaintances and new experiences. She denied the comforts of her home and she took up her cross and she followed Jesus. Secondly, Priscilla embraced a role of hospitality. Priscilla and Aquila's lives, they point out the importance of true Christian hospitality. When Paul arrived in their community, when they met for the first time, he was a tired and worn-out traveler. And they welcomed him in. When I was growing up, we would travel to Arkansas once or twice a year uh, to visit my dad's side of the family. And one, one thing I'll never forget, and, and this was so simple, but it made such a big impression on me. Every time we arrived, my grandma, she would be excited to see us and, and meet us and greet us at the door. And after those initial hugs and those initial greetings, she would turn to the stove and say, I've got a pot of beans. Who wants to eat? I'll eat. If you haven't traveled with my dad, let me tell you a couple of things that didn't happen on road trips. First of all, you didn't stop. You didn't stop. I'm sure there's a few of you men out there that are like that. You don't stop. And if you did, it was rare and it was real fast. Secondly, yeah, if you stopped, it was we weren't going to buy food. You were not going to buy food. If you stopped, it was get out of the car, get in the restroom, get back in the car. We're going. My dad knew that there was a pot of beans waiting for us when we arrived. <laughs> Why are we going to stop and eat on the way? So we think about the luxury of our travels. I mean, arriving to Grandma's house after that long, crammed day in a car with a warm pot of beans ready, it was so inviting, it was so hospitable. And we think about our travels today, and we, we think of the difficulties Think of the difficulties that these early Christians had with their travels. Stuffed in ships and cargo boats. Traveling by donkey or, or by some boat with multiple stops and a ports along the way. There was no 7-Eleven Big Gulps. There was no water burgers. And I feel very confident that the hospitality shown by Priscilla was a very warm welcome to the Apostle Paul. She provided shelter and company, and she shared in an occupation where they would uh, share tools. I'm sure they shared supplies. They shared ideas and techniques. All of these things would have been highly beneficial to Paul as he was traveling and advancing his ministry work. In Ephesus, Priscilla and Aquila, they did some of this, some of these similar things with Apollos. They shared what they had learned from Paul to strengthen Apollos and strengthen his knowledge in Jesus Christ. And there was a phrase in, in two of our early scriptures this morning that I, want to, uh, that I didn't mention, but I want to go into a little bit more detail on them. So let's look at these two scriptures again in Romans 16, 3 through 5. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. 
And then in 1 Corinthians 16 and 19, the churches of Asia greet you, Aquila and Priscilla, greet you heartily in the, in the Lord with the church that is in their house. In two different letters, Paul is announcing Priscilla and Aquila to the church in Rome and Corinth. In both these instances, Paul refers to the church that is meeting in their house. What we know is that she opened up her home. She allowed her house to serve as a place of worship during a time where there just wasn't that many dedicated places of worship. She opened her doors. The scriptures don't go into detail on what these worship services, um, how they were conducted or, or what was done in her home. But what we do have evidence of in Acts 18 is that Priscilla was very knowledgeable in the teachings of Jesus Christ. Which leads us to believe that she understood what was appropriate and what was not appropriate for her involvement in the worship service. We also know that Paul continued to praise Priscilla and Aquila for their involvement in the early church. And we know that if Paul, if he would have had any problems with what they were doing, he would have called it out. He would have let them know that it was inappropriate. Starting in 1 Peter 4 and 9, we read, Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Priscilla was a host. And apparently she was a great host. To be praised by Paul on several occasions. Priscilla was willing to open up her home, shows to the hospitality that she had towards Christians in those days and those seeking to learn more about Jesus Christ. Their kitchen, just think about their kitchen table and their coffee table. Think about what would have been discussed those days all in her home. Their kitchen table would have been a place for sharing Jesus Christ. Their home became a source of encouragement and instruction for those growing in their knowledge of Jesus. And if I was to guess, I would bet that she had a pot of beans on the stove. And I bet she fed many a people coming into her home. Definitely a great example for us to follow today. So what I found most fascinating during this study of Priscilla is the impact that a godly marriage has within the work of the kingdom of God. She embraced a godly marriage. Priscilla and Aquila, their fascinating study of men and women that were working together. Working together for the good of the church. And when referring to these individuals, it's not just about Priscilla. And it's not just about Aquila. It's truly about Priscilla and Aquila. I also thought it was interesting that this couple... They were referenced together throughout the scriptures. They are mentioned together as a couple every time that they're mentioned. You're not going to find a single reference of Priscilla. You're not going to find a single reference of Aquila. Because it was always Priscilla and Aquila or Aquila and Priscilla. In total, the couple's mentioned six times by name. Two of those times Aquila is mentioned first and four times Priscilla is mentioned first. Some say this is uncharacteristic 
as men in biblical reference are normally mentioned first, but not with this couple. But what that told me is that these two were joined at the hip. They worked together, they studied together, they served together. They were equally important in their service to Paul and their overall service to the Lord. It's interesting that even in Paul's writing, he goes back and forth how he references. He, sometimes he says Aquila and Priscilla, and sometimes it's the other way with Priscilla first. When Jesus gave his Sermon on the Mount, he said in Matthew 6 and 33, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. The Apostle Paul describes Aquila and Priscilla as fellow workers in Christ Jesus. When we have read scriptures this morning that shows this couple um, how focused they were and how they were of the same mind, there is no doubt in my mind that they made each other stronger. And that's what a godly marriage does. We're instructed by Jesus to seek the kingdom of God. And I'm thankful that I have a wife that assists me in doing that very thing. I'm thankful that I have a wife that joins me in seeking the kingdom of God. And Aquila had that. He had a wife that was focused on serving God, serving God's people. We need a spouse like that. We need a spouse that compliments us in the work of the church. Makes us stronger in the Lord so that we too can be seen as fellow workers Amen. in Jesus Christ. Priscilla and Aquila, they definitely had that. They complimented each other. I'm sure Aquila had qualities that Priscilla didn't have, and I'm sure Priscilla had qualities that Aquila was lacking. But together, together they were stronger. Together, those lacking qualities were probably hidden. They were covered up. Last Sunday, Tim said that over the coming weeks that we would be discussing, and he said, many dynamic women. There's no doubt in my mind that Priscilla was dynamic. I see her as being smart and charismatic. I see her holding herself strong and being confident in the Lord. But one of the things that made Priscilla so dynamic was her strong marriage and what, was so, and what she was able to accomplish because of her marriage. So maybe we look at Priscilla and Aquila and call them the dynamic duo. I'm sure they were great people individually, but together, together, they were something special. God's design is for families to serve Jesus Christ, work in his kingdom. Aquila and Priscilla demonstrated what a married couple should be and can be in their work for the Lord. As we look back... And we look back at what we know about Priscilla, we see several qualities and virtues of a godly woman. We see that she worked. She didn't sit idle, nor did she only serve her husband. We've spoken about several types of work that Priscilla was directly involved with as a trade. She was a tip maker. She served and assisted Paul through his ministries, traveling, assisting, and other things that would have been very important to Paul. He could rely on her. He trusted her. And of course, we know that she worked in the home, providing assistance to other Christians to come and, and meet in her home, opening her home, being that host to help serve them in their Christian walk. 
we see that she encouraged. One thing that really stood out to me in Acts 18 and 26 was how the scripture says that Aquila and Priscilla, so in speaking with, uh, about Apollos, that they took him aside to explain him the way. You know, they didn't stand up and call Apollos out. The scripture doesn't say that they stopped everything. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're wrong. We're going to correct you right now. Scripture doesn't say that. They encouraged him. It says they took him aside. I see that as being a very encouraging way to correct people. They took him aside. They explained the baptism of Jesus Christ. They didn't do it in a group. They didn't do it in an embarrassing or humiliating way. But in private, they took him aside and taught him the truth. She was passionate. Matter of fact, Priscilla was so passionate that she was willing to put her neck on the line. You know, we stand up for people from time to time. We had this conversation just the other day at the dinner table, the importance of standing up for what's right and speaking the truth no matter what. And sometimes that's difficult. And although I've stood up and I've defended my wife and my children and my family and my coworkers, I've never put my neck on the line. In John 15 and 12, it reads, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Paul said Aquila and Priscilla risked their necks for my life. We don't know exactly what happened there with that story, but I think it's safe to say that it was fairly dangerous. And they acted in a very passionate and fearless manner. And lastly, she was a godly woman and wife. I believe this is the best trait any woman can strive for. To be a godly teacher and instructor for their family. To be that influence. Nothing is said in the scriptures about Aquila and Priscilla having children um, or her being a mother. Maybe we can assume that she didn't have children. But that didn't keep her and Aquila from, from having a beautiful life and creating a beautiful home together. Together, from the time of their marriage, they had always been named together. They were inseparable. Which is a big testament to the godly woman Priscilla was and the godly wife that she was to Aquila. In Mark 10, in Mark 10, Mark records Jesus' teachings about the marriage between a man and woman, saying this, But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. In the truest sense, Aquila and Priscilla were no more twain, but they were together. They were one. One flesh. And it was this unity that made them so successful. In the coming weeks, we're going to study, I think in two weeks, we're going to study Abigail. Two weeks? Abigail was married to Nabal. And what I want you to remember in two weeks when we learn about Abigail is I want you to reference that marriage between Abigail and Nabal to the marriage that we are just now talking about with Priscilla and Aquila. 
So keep that in mind for two weeks. I won't steal any of Greg's thunder. But I want you to remember Aquila and Priscilla during Greg's study. You're going to see a sharp contrast between the unity of Priscilla and Aquila compared to Abigail and Nabal. I have a book at home titled All the Women of the Bible. There are four pages dedicated to Priscilla, and they're broken out in a few different sections. Uh, the book says, the book says, two hearts beat as one. The headers of the sections dis, uh, discussing Priscilla and Aquila, they're labeled this way. They were one in marital bliss. They were one in the Lord. They were one in secular occupation. They were one in their, found, in their friendship for Paul. They were one in their profound knowledge of Scripture. They were one in the service of the church. I hope your marriage can be described this way. The church needs humble servants of both men and women. And Priscilla, she served. She served Paul. She served Apollos. She served her husband. And she served a countless number of Christians who came to meet in her home. She provided a place of worship. I'm sure that there was plenty of meals, plenty of discussions, plenty of late night discussions, plenty of growth, all in her living room. Priscilla lived in a remarkable time of importance for the growth of the early church, and she embraced that opportunity. She served, and she filled that role of being a humble servant. I've appreciated your attention this morning. I've thoroughly enjoyed studying Priscilla and her importance in the early church, and she was indeed important. Uh, we'll close uh, this morning with an invitation. And if you haven't been baptized, then we encourage you to take that step and become a child of God this morning. Uh, if you need the prayers of the church, um, we would be happy to pray with you uh, and for you. If there's one of either class, we ask that you'd come as we stand and sing this song. Change it to number 564. Make me a servant. 564.